Scofflaws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good at it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Scoff Laws, a history of law and disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Kate, have you seen uh, What We Do in the Shadows? I have not. It's super fun, and I recommend it for everyone. It is a faux documentary about a group of vampires. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. They have a psychic vampire who is literally just an office drone that feeds on the suffering of others. Okay, then. Bald, wears cardigan vests, goes around having Q-tip debates with people, just feeds on the suffering of banality. It's wonderful. Um, I kind of love that. <laughs> oh, I, I do, too. He's my favorite character. So I believe we're on a part two today, aren't we? We are on a part two. And I'm more prepared this time. I've got notes. That's what you hear rustling. <laughs> Alright, awesome. So let's go into part two of uh, the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, and uh, before we do that, there... So when we went over it last week, I, in my haze of just brainlessness, realized I didn't really define witchcraft and how the practice of Wicca is different than what these women were accused for. So I'm going to do that now. Alright, I mean, it's it's a fairly safe assumption that Wicca is separate from the idea of a woman going out of her lane, I guess you could say. Uh, okay, so according to I always forget the uh, actual website. The It's considered the biggest and oldest website, like the most comprehensive and like oldest website on witchcraft. On Wicca. Yeah, well, right. yeah. On Wicca. Um, it is just wicca.com and... They say, and I quote, Wicca is a very peaceful, harmonious, and balanced way of life that promotes oneness with the divine and all which exists. Kate, I love the fact that you forgot the name of the site when it's wicca.com. I didn't know if it was something more complex or not. Oh, I love it. Forgive I love me it. for being, you know, a researcher who cites their sources. <laughs> Sure, we'll say that's what I'm calling out. <laughs> anyway, Wicca is Celtic-based, so originates England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland-ish. And they recognize an infinite pantheon, but they 
emphasize the hunter god or the horned god and the fertility goddess or the mother goddess. I love the phrase infinite pantheon, and I'm checking to see if there's a band that took that name. <laughs> Not that I know of, but the uh, this is the religion that kind of solidified what we now call Halloween, which is um, Samhain, if you're Irish, Savain, if you're Welsh, and don't let me pronounce the Scottish. <laughs> and unpronounceable Scottish. Exactly. Um, the biggest thing about Wicca is basically just being one with nature and worshipping nature and the universe for what it is. And The biggest thing, you know that saying, do no harm, take no shit? I'm not sure that's the official byline, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, no, that's like, that's a saying that people say all the time. It actually comes from the Wicca tenant. It's the main law of Wicca. It's do no harm, because anything you do to the universe will come back to you threefold. So, like, you don't want to be doing bad things, because it's going to come back to you threefold. All right, right. now that we've had the talk of religion, let's go into politics. Let's just make the, let's make the whole awful trifecta happen. (laughs) Um, I don't want to talk about sex, so we're not going to make the trifecta happen. No, we already had the episode where we talked about six dildos. I think we're good. Oh, God, you're right. Anyway. um, (laughs) So, uh, to recap a little bit, I'm not going to recap everything, but to recap a little, little bit where we left off were the first accusations. So the first women that were accused were Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tibetua. Uh, Tibetua was the very first, and she was actually also the first confession. She confessed to being a witch. It makes sense because she is um, a native South American who was enslaved. Who was enslaved. All right. So nothing to lose. Exactly. Uh, the ones that made the accusations were Betty Paris, Abigail Williams, Anne Putnam, and Elizabeth Hubbard. And to give you perspective, which no one's going to be surprised, about the two other women who were accused besides Tibetua, Sarah Good, like we mentioned, was homeless. And she actually, she was like mean to children. <laughs> the crazy... The crazy homeless lady, he says with air quotes. Yes. And then Sarah Osborne, she really, so she went to church at the bare minimum, like once a month, I think was what the law allowed. And the bare minimum, the law allowed. Yeah. Like you, if you didn't go to church at least once a month, at least this was in England. I don't know how it stayed this way when it came to the colonies. I didn't look this up. Uh, But if you, you went to church once a month, you could you didn't you weren't fined. But if you didn't go to church once a month, you would get fined. We'll talk about church laws and stuff, ecclesiastical law at some point. Alright, yep. So did her bare minimum church time. Yeah, but she also married a former indentured servant, which was considered taboo, but like also wanted to maintain control of her son's inheritance from her First husband who had died. Wow. So she's betting a thousand, not going to church, marrying uh, outside of the the dynamic of the town, and trying to be independent. Yeah, exactly. So the next 
people were kind of also outsiders. So you've got Martha Carey, who, or Corey, who spoke out against the girls that were accusing, saying, hey, this isn't okay. Well, you're a witch. And then Dorothy Gore. <laughs> well, fuck you too. <laughs> next, the next one's interesting and really sad. So the next one is Dorothy Good. She's Sarah Good's daughter. She's four years old. And her testimony, quote unquote, was used as a confession to convict Sarah Good. That's sad. It happened a lot. It happened a lot, especially when we talked about um, the witch trials that were 50 years earlier last season. Uh, A lot of those women, their children were also arrested, but the children got out of trial by testifying against their parents. So they lived, yeah, they lived by making a false confession. Well, well, let's... Let's put it in perspective. If they were that age-ish, they don't really have an understanding of what the consequences of what they're doing are. Yeah, especially if you're four years old, you, you can be led into answering anything the way you want it to. I do it with my four-year-olds at work all the time. Yeah, no, as as someone who has nephews that are that age, you can convince a four-year-old of anything. Mm-hmm. And then the following two kind of solidified the panic... And Mania, that was the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, Rebecca Nertz and Rachel Clinton. They were upstanding citizens. They did absolutely nothing wrong. They went to church all the time. Religiously, one might say. Yes. Exactly. So they didn't, uh, they didn't do anything wrong, which kind of solidified the fact that they were deviants or that no sorry that they were not deviants exactly that solidified the fact that anybody could be accused of witchcraft you just bring three 13 year olds in to point at somebody and say she's a witch you you just get this awful teen girl squad going and they don't know when to stop if you've ever been a 13 year old girl you would understand that i grew up with one i know (laughs) so the trials Kind of went on for almost a year. Trials, kind of. Oh, there were breaks. Like, they would have a trial for a week and then take 20 days off. I thought you were just making fun of the the validity of these trials. I mean, also the validity of these trials, because they were based in ecclesiastical court. But hey, also the witch laws in England were still a thing, and they were being used... So we talked about the witch laws of the 1570s. Oh, yes. The witch laws. Yeah. I remember the witch laws. I totally remember that. <laughs> it's my turn to make a reference that you don't understand. Yeah. To recap, for those of you who may be just joining us, there were witch laws that came about in the 1570s that basically condemned witchcraft. Now, they came about when Queen Elizabeth was on the throne and she didn't really enforce them because she didn't care. She was the tolerant queen. So to speak, she as long as you went to as long as you went to Anglican church once a month, she didn't care what you did. You could be Catholic, uh, you could do pretty much anything. She had, then, she had bigger fish to fry. Exactly, and then you get James the First, who wrote a whole book on witchcraft and maleficium called demonology, and. 
shout out to Allie Ward on the Ologies podcast because the most recent episode is on demonology. So go listen to that because I freaking love that podcast right now. After this one. After this one. I mean, I don't care if you pause and come back, but like, may, do yourself a favor and listen to demonology because you'll kind of get the idea of what we're talking about. Um, but James the First wrote a book on demonology and then he turned his tune and said, I hate witches. Fine. But still a lot of people weren't being convicted. Maybe in Scotland, but it was Scotland. It was a free-for-all. And then the witch trials happened that we had an episode about. <laughs> but it was Scotland. It was a free-for-all. It was. <laughs> they had different laws. They didn't recognize English law. Which is fine. I like I'm not I'm not trying to say that it was bad. It was just their laws were different. No, we're, you're just saying damn Scots ruined Scotland for the Scots. <laughs> no. English ruined I Scotland can't, for I the can't. Scots. <laughs> I watched too much Outlander to say that. <laughs> anyway, so uh which the the witchcraft fever picked up in the fifteen forty or excuse me, the sixteen forties when Puritans started becoming more popular and then the English Civil War happened and then Puritans took control with Oliver Cromwell. There's actually some debate if he was a true Puritan, but eh. But he rode that wave either way. Yes, he did. And yeah, and then the law was uh the law was taken off the books in 1720 and Scotland ignored that for almost 100 years. And so that's a brief history of very, 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 very brief history of witchcraft law in England and its colonies. All right. So fast forward back to Salem, Massachusetts, where people are being accused left and right by terrible teenage girls. You mean rewind. And yes. Sorry. I heard fast forward and I'm like, it's the other and I or it's the other dated reference that we still use. <laughs> All right, so terrible girls, accusals of witchcraft, trials in air quotes. Yes, so the trials were happening. They were ecclesiastical. They were intermittent. About five five people were hanged each trial. So these trials were also used as a ploy because there were two rival families at the time that were super, like... They used this to their advantage. Of course they did. Yeah. So one family was the Putnams. Now wait, wasn't wasn't one of the girls who was doing the accusations a Putnam? Uh yes, she was. I remembered something. You did. And I can't seem to locate the name of the second family. But We're going to go with the Grumbuses. No, I honestly think it's the the Proctors. And the Proctors were the one that, ones that were committed or committed were accused of witchcraft. But I digress. It pitted two families against each other. Oh, found it. Putnam and Porter. That sounds like a law firm. <laughs> That sounds like an ambulance chaser law firm. Eh, it, it works. Eh. The main targets, and um, I'm going to make a point. I'm going to read all of the names of those who died from this because 
their voices, their names deserve to be spoken because this is a gross injustice. Anyway, uh, most of the witches were outspoken women, Quakers, slaves, and colonists with criminal backgrounds or prior witchcraft accusations, or people who criticized witchcraft trials. Huh, you think this is a bad idea? You must be one of them. Yeah, oh, that was almost a direct quote from the history of Massachusetts.org, which is put out by the state. Alright, so... So this witch pursuit thing to quote South Park. Yep, it happened. There's there's a lot of records about the trial, but it is very convoluted. They used a lot of testimony, so they arrested... Uh, over 200 people were accused. Wow, those teenage girls were busy. They were. Over, or excuse me, between 140 and 150 people were arrested. Now, a lot of those people would say something that would get them acquitted. Uh, but a lot of, uh, I what I thought was a lot of court records actually were just like the same thing being repeated over and over again. So we know the names of everybody. That was like a meticulous document kept. But the proceedings are a little hazy. If I'm going based on like the proceedings of England at 50 years earlier, it's a lot of, we coerced this testimony using various forms of torture. Uh, yeah, you're a witch. Oh, you have a mole there? You're a witch. Well, your hair's parted on that side, you're a witch. Yeah, which is Mark's. I don't think they tested for a lot of them in these. I think it was just all word of mouth. Well, I'm I'm sure they weren't actually looking for something. I'm sure this was the very definition of a kangaroo court. You were guilty as soon as you walk in the door. I think so, too. And that's kind of how it was with the, or the other witchcraft trials that we talked about. But the they actually had witches' marks that they talked about. They had... I, I hate to say it, but they had more evidence. Like, it's not actual evidence. It's not... It was probably something like the, the church records or something, or... Like, I, I, I can't imagine it would go beyond, like, like character testimony. Yeah. So, the first person to be found guilty and executed, her name was Bridget Bishop. She was accused because she was generally, she was a widow, and she was kind of accused of not being Puritan enough. So women, contrary to popular belief, women were not allowed to wear black. Or it was frowned upon for women to wear black in Puritan society. Men could, of course. But... Of course, of course. Of course, but she was accused of... Wearing odd costumes as well. Odd costumes is such a broad definition. Yeah. But she, so we talked about Tibetua was the first person accused. Bishop, uh, Bishop was actually the first person, uh, 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 for the lack of better word, she was the first person that her trial, she was first person hanged. Because her trial was the easiest to win. Alright, uh, she she was the 
homeless one, right? No. So Bishop, we didn't, we haven't mentioned yet. She's the first okay. one. This is the first time she's men- been mentioned. Sarah Good is the homeless one. All right. Elizabeth Howe. Susanna Martin. And the thing that these four women have in common right away is that they all were accused of witchcraft previously. Okay, that was a bit of a long pause there, Kate. I was ready to jump in and be like, well, you don't say. (laughs) The next woman was 71-year-old Rebecca Nurse, who was a pious and popular woman, but had a long-standing feud with the Putnam family, so that's why she was killed. You're a great person, but we don't like you, so you gotta go. Yep. She's 71. Oh, Her fuck. life was basically over anyway. She beat the odds anyway. She did. Like, so the life expectancy wasn't like 35, like everybody says in this time. It was like actually like mid-60s. If you made it past 20, you were pretty good. Yeah, as long as you made it past all the childhood uh, killers, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, the next is Sarah Wilds. She was... A- She's had brushes with the law, including being accused of fornicating out of wedlock with a man. <laughs> oh, and man. in 1663, she was accused of wearing a silk scarf. Oh dear, how heinous. <gasps> so this, remember the Salem Witch Trials happened in 1692, 93? She was first to Accused of witchcraft in 1670. If silk scarves are outlawed, only outlaws will have silk scarves. <sighs> anyway, the next person accused and the first man accused, or the first man killed, I should say, was George Burroughs. He was a reverend. Okay, uh, that's that's reaching for the high hanging fruit there. Yep. Uh, He was the only Puritan minister to be accused and executed. I think he's the one that the crucible's about. I thought it was about John Proctor. Could be. I don't John Proctor was one of the... His entire family was accused, but some of them got acquitted. You know, I'd probably be able to recall this better if I was actually able to stay awake while we were reading the book in high school. But anyway. Yeah, like I said, I've never read it. And, yeah, so Burroughs was actually, his story is different. He was accused of witchcraft because he didn't get paid. Wait, what? Yeah, people accused him of witchcraft because he ran away because he didn't get paid. Okay, I I guess that's some circular logic, but, you know, Puritans, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yep. Alright, we're going to go through these a little quicker because... The, uh, we're getting close on time. Yep. We've got Martha Carrier. We've got John Willard, who was a deputy constable. Yeah. He was hearing the cases until one of the girls decided that he was a witch as well. All right, more hanging fruit. Who's next? George Jacobs Sr., who was 72 years old. Oh, another one that beat the odds. Yeah, but he was accused... By a lot of people, including his granddaughter. 
he was a reluctant churchgoer, quote unquote. Known reluctant churchgoer. Mm-hmm. Now, the most famous that we know of, the one that Crucible was written about, John Proctor. And his wife, Elizabeth Proctor, was arrested as well. But she was, her execution was stayed because she was pregnant. And then her execution was stayed indefinitely. And she was acquitted. Well, good to know they didn't go for the whole family pack there. Yeah. So, John Proctor actually wrote a letter to Boston. Like, to the Boston clergy. And asked that they intervene like, on these trials or move them to Boston or something because he knew that the city of Salem was just going nuts over just the heated, like, drama of it all. And the clergy... The the fervor, one might say. Thank you. And the clergy actually responded, but they uh, were too late to save Proctor. Now, I remember, the one thing I do remember from the Crucible is that they depicted his execution as being uh, pressed to death. No, that was somebody else. And we'll Uh, get to him. All right, rolling on. Rolling on, we've got Alice Parker. We've got Mary Parker. They are not related. Just happened to both be Parkers in the same town. Mm Mm-hmm. Anne Pudater, who's also in her 70s. Wow, they just really like going for the old people, didn't they? Yeah. Wilmot Reed. Female. Not that gender matters. Ooh, here's an old one. Margaret Scott, aged 77. Wow, almost made it to octogenarian status in the, what was it, 17th century? Correct. And she actually was left destitute and forced to beg from her neighbors. That's why she was accused. Man, you make it that far, and it all falls apart, and then it falls apart even worse. Mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine there was a point where she was like, how can it get any worse? So I found one that is this person. His name is Samuel Wardwell, and he was known as a fortune teller and practitioner of English folk magic, which means he is the closest we'll get to an actual witch. Yeah, that that's fruit hanging so low it is rolling on the ground right now. I would just love to hear what his knowledge. I'm so interested in folk magic. Um, and then we've got Martha Corey, who was against the Salem Witch Trials and also had a child out of wedlock in the 1670s, which... Which was a no-no. Sense. Well, okay, but, like, she had a reputation of being a pious member of the community. She was 72 in 1692, but in the 1670s, she gave birth to a child out of wedlock, which means she had a kid at 50. Wow. I mean, that's just... Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hold on to those eggs for a rainy day, I guess. I guess. Her husband testified her against her in court. And her husband, uh, his name is Giles Corey, was actually crushed to death. That was his, he wasn't, that wasn't like how they planned on executing him. They were just torturing him and he died. (laughs) Uh, befitting a dick. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, he refused to enter a plea. Next we have, we have Mary Eastie, another pious member. 
And the there are several who were pardoned. There were several who escaped prison. Probably naming names. Yeah. I and mean, then, being honest here, with, with how many people were saying were accused? To over that's 200. A, yeah, that's a bit of a workload for a group of shitty little girls. Um, I'm betting there was a whole lot of, like, name someone else and we'll let you go. Yeah. Not unlike another famous witch trial I'm sure we'll cover at some point. Uh, we're probably gonna go over Scotland's just history of hating witches. I was more referring to, to McCarthyism, but... Oh. Oof, communism, that's a hard one. Anyway, uh, fun fact, to... Tituba, because I can never say her name right, and I apologize to the descendants of Tituba for just just grossly terrorizing her name. Uh, hey, she, I called her the Tuba. I think you're good. She was never indicted. The first person accused of witchcraft in the Salem Witch Trials was never indicted. Just never got around to her, huh? She was a slave. Wow. What what a shitty way to fly into the radar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the Salem Witch Trials. There are tons of theories about what caused the mass hysteria. One of the most popular is the sulfur in the soil was getting into their plants. Alright, that's giving them a lot of leeway. I like to just imagine that people can be shitty sometimes. And that's honestly, that's as a historian, that's where my instincts lead to is that like mass hysteria is a thing yeah especially especially in structured like very religious religion centralized societies and and you think about the society it was so isolated like it didn't there there wasn't a lot of communication with the other towns in massachusetts as evidenced by how far this got before someone actually thought to reach out to fucking Boston. Right? It started in April, and it took until August for John Proctor, who's essentially the martyr of the trials, which is bullshit. But... Hey guys, this went from bad to worse to super bad to oh shit. Can we please get someone here? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm I'm fully banking on just people be shitty sometimes. That they be. Alright. That's all I've got to say about that. Happy Spooktober, everyone. Happy Spooktober. Do we have another Spooktober episode in us? Let's see here. What's Next Friday is the first. Is that still counting as spooky times? No. Next Friday, we are going to be covering Guy Fawkes Day, which is the following week. Oh, Excellent. Guy Fawkes Day, the thing that people will finally know where all those stupid V for Vendetta masks come from. Sort of. Uh, Oh, also, related to this episode that I want to plug is The High Women is a country supergroup. Don't judge me, listen to country music. It's also more on the folk side. But they have a song called High Women that directly references the Salem Witch Trials. Um, all, all but one of the people who were hanged at the Salem Witch Trials were hanged on Salem Gallows Hill, which you can still see today. If you were sensitive to spirits, because we talked about this in our ghosty episode, don't go visit it. 
I wouldn't recommend it if you're sensitive to spirits because there's a lot of unrest. But it's 18 out of the 19 people who were killed were killed there. Kate, on the way home from work tonight, I was listening to the latest episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and I rewound it four times. Uh, we didn't start the McElroy's. I have I have no room to criticize <laughs> anyone's taste in music. Anyway. Anyway. Um, uh, Dumb law time. Almost. We gotta do our normal our normal wrap up roll here of telling people what to do to make sure we prosper. Oh, you're right. I also forgot about. Florida That's all right. Man. We'll give Florida Man a break today. Sleepy stupor. Even Florida man needs a vacation. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us online, you can find us on Facebook, Scofflaws the History of Law and Disorder. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at ScofflawsCast. I'm trying to be pretty good about putting stuff up on both of those. Um, please uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or if you want to call it iTunes, because everyone still calls it iTunes. Fuck you, Apple. That's what it is. Um, yep, no, okay. don't, don't enforce your nomenclature on me. I know what it is. I call it Apple Podcasts, and I think I have since I started listening to podcasts. Anyway, rate and review us either on that or whatever you listen to us so that, uh, word can spread and other people can enjoy it. And if you feel like uh, you enjoy it enough that you want to k- kick us a couple bucks, hey, visit our Patreon. Uh, links in the show notes. Please, I want to start writing actual things about the show, and I don't want yeah. to do it unless. No, I and I mean, I don't want to like paygate this, but the the more that that we see people interested in the podcast, the more we're gonna be able to set aside time for doing other things podcast adjacent. So we want to do more things, yeah. but we want like to have people enjoy those other things. So just let us know. That you enjoy it enough that we can do those. Things. And stuff and things. I know that sounds super vague. I do have some things planned. I just don't want to give them away. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Dumb law time. Yes, dumb law, please. It is illegal to build, maintain, or most importantly, use a nuclear weapon within Chico, California, city limits. All right, this has been Scofflaw's History of Law and Disorder. My name is Sean, and this has been my co-host, Kate. Say bye, Kate. Bye, Kate.